This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. To hell and back is in the job description. Being roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dumped, and done the unthinkable is a duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition can dish out. And we've done it to empower you. Welcome to The Real Down on Battle and Fin, with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey everybody! Welcome back to the uh, Real Down on Paddling Fan. Uh, how you doing, Jimmy? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Good. Um, just busy. We're kind of a little bit of time crunch tonight. Uh, so the first, we we have a great show. Winners, top three of the the Hobie BOS on Sam Rayburn, and that'd be great. But first, we want to give a uh, give a second for we're going to invite on Mark Coates here. Um, so we lost one of our own this week. Uh, we, we lost. I, I've never met him, Joey Eford. He was a kayak angler, and uh, yeah, just wanted to kind of have you on for a second, Mark, and kind of talk about the man, what happened. And I know KBBT, y'all are doing a, a little bit of a benefit deal, so just wanted to give you a floor and you know let let you talk about one of our own. 
Man, I really appreciate it. Uh, for those of people that didn't know, Jody Eford with Eford Outdoors was a huge supporter of, uh, of the kayaking community. Um, decided he was actually going to fish his first kayak tournament uh, this last Sunday. Uh, he had went and he had been training three weeks for it, and uh, we went down there and down to Texas, and he was going to fish it on Sunday. And um, man, before I get into it, you know, I just got to say that that man donated so many of his baits across the United States. Just, uh, just loved everybody in kayak fishing. Loved watching it. Watched all the podcasts out there. He was obsessed with everybody. New people that did, had no idea who he was, but would always call me and be like. Do you know Conrad Benetti? I love watching this guy. I mean, it was it was just that kind of person. Um, and and the best person to talk to in the world out there. He loved and cared about everybody and was the most generous man you'd ever met. Um, Saturday, uh, he went out and decided he was going to practice uh, one morning before the tournament just to make sure his pattern was still good. Um, and he uh, he went out and busted two two bass, one over seven pounds and another one over five, both of them over twenty inches. And, I talked to him that morning and said, hey, I'm, uh, I'm running out there, right? And Mark's on break at work, so his service isn't that good, but we're, we're lucky to have him. He's only got a few minutes here. Hopefully he'll, he'll come right back here. Sorry, I'm back. No, you're, you're good. Um, I was about 10 minutes away from the ramp, and his wife, uh, April, texted me and said, check on Jody. I think something's wrong. And Long story short, I pulled up and he was, uh, he was collapsed on the ground. Um, you know, I won't get into the major details, uh, but he, his aorta had exploded after a massive heart attack. Um, and you know, he, uh, he essentially didn't make it. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a tough weekend. KBT is doing a benefit tournament. Uh, it's the, it's the toad smoker tournament, pretty much anything top water, all the benefits go to the family. Uh, Jody was, a uh, Man, he was he was a great supporter of everybody and everything, and it was it's it's been a tough weekend. Sounds like it, man. I I feel for you, and I feel for the family. I, you being the first one there, I know that that's that's a lot, man. A lot of stress. Nothing, especially when it's completely out of your hands like that, man. I know. Man, it was uh, it was it was awakening, man, and it, it really makes you, you know, think about how you know be thankful for every day that you have. And man, the, the best thing, the, the last picture on his phone that he sent out to everybody was a seven pound bass. So, you know, at least, uh, you know, the day that he went, he got to do what he loved to do. And that was get out there and get in his kayak. Hell yeah. But you know what, just huge shout out to his family. And I know a lot of kayak anglers are asking about it. Um, you know, a lot of people have reached out and asked, uh, where, where they can send flowers, you know, you welcome to private message me. I'll let you know anybody that is close to the area. The funeral services are going to be held this Friday at Lake DeGray state park. Um, it's just a, you know, a little drop in memorial for him. Um, you know, any other details, Hey, y'all just let me know, but, uh, you know, big, big shout out to everybody. Everybody's kind of dealing with it their own way, but he, uh, you know, he loved everybody. That was that was the main thing about it and, you know, had a huge footprint uh, out here with all of us around this area. And where can, uh, yeah. where, oh. where can everybody find the information for the, the event? Um, you can go to the, uh, the KBT page. It's on there. It's on Fishing Chaos. Um, it's the Toad. I believe it's uh, listed as the Toad Smoker Challenge. 
Um, if you have any problems finding it, you can always message me or Greg. We'll get you the link right away. Um, it's it pretty much the, it just entails anything topwater. You could use Jody's baits, for the, which were the toad smokers. You can use frogs, spooks, buzz baits, anything topwater. We're just trying to help raise money for the family. There you go. All right, man. Well, we know you got to get back in there and make some, you work, you make windows, right? Well, uh, we we uh, we sell Windows. I work with Windows USA. There you go. All right. Well, shout out to Windows USA. Everybody's got to have Windows, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. I, it's it's definitely a a mandatory thing you got to have in your household. Yeah, I, like you. Unless you live in a cave, like you got to have a window or glass block. But f those glass block people, we don't like them. So there's never going to be a point in time that someone doesn't need Windows in their house. There you go. I'm sure Elon Musk will find a way around that. Just give it time. <laughs> well, get get signed up for the tournament, and we appreciate you coming on, man. Hi, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Thank y'all a whole lot. I'll let y'all get to your show. I appreciate you bringing me on, man. And, uh, you know, prayers out to all the Eford family and everybody out there, all the anglers affected. And I'll let y'all get back to your show, brother. Good deal. Right. Thanks. Appreciate it, man. All right, and after that, so we'll try to pep it up here. We're going to have a giveaway later in the show. A, I don't even know what it's called. I got it. I don't even know what it's called. The new rod stager? It's the Yak Gadget. I think it is called the Slide Stager. It's the new horizontal rod storage system for your track mounts from Yak Gadget that is adjustable on the horizontal plane. So you can move them in close to the seat away from the seat. Uh, it holds two, two rods and a paddle or three rods. It's got his paddle grip, uh, integrated into the middle of it. Uh, I should have took a picture of one. And yeah, well, well, we'll bring it up before the end of the show, but, uh, yeah, it sits out. Uh, if you want to keep your rods horizontally, especially if you're scanning water, it tries to stand or trees. It sits out on the out past the gunnel of your boat. So if you're trying to keep, horizontal your rods horizontally it's a brand new product just came out um they, i'm not even sure they're on a website yet if they are they just went up but i know it i mean it just came out on the uh social ago? media stuff we got to product test them they're really they're killer like it like you don't realize how much having the rods at the ready right there actually like improves your day so take a look at them i think everybody's gonna like them yeah very cool. And I mean, we're sponsored by Yag Gadget, both of us and the show, but I mean, it's, you know, Yag Gadget, they're coming out with some amazing products. Oh, it is on the website. It's called the Flex Rod Stager System. There you go. Flex Rod Stager System. Look look at it. And later in the show, we'll talk about how you can win. And I'll send it out tomorrow to you. All right. So let's get back to the main show. Uh, Hobie BOS, Sam Rayburn. We have the top three. We have Brian Scottery, Jim Ware. And Caleb Hilbert. How y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. How's it going? Glad to have y'all. Yeah, thank y'all for being on. Super jealous I didn't get to go to Texas. <laughs> Sam Rayburn's definitely on the list, but I hear everything's super high and muddy right now. So it, it, fish still bit. That's right. Hey, clearly you got a couple of checks back there to talk about. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, it was wild the whole practice. I mean, there was fish biting everywhere. 
Brian's having some internet issues, but hopefully it gets those figured out. Uh, Caleb, you've been on the show before, but uh, go ahead and give everybody a shout out and let them know who you are and, and how you got into kayak fishing. Uh, Caleb Helsig. I'm from uh, Conroe, Texas. I, I started, I guess, competing in tournaments about a year ago. Um, there were some local clubs. I've been fishing just kind of on the weekends and stuff like that. Before that, there were some local clubs and trails around here that uh, I decided to come out one weekend and uh i've been hooked ever since and uh, i've enjoyed every minute of it uh hobie this is my first hobie bos tournament and uh, i plan on trying to follow them around and doing some more national tournaments here in the here in the future yeah man if they all go this way you gotta you gotta keep going man yeah yeah uh, I, I definitely will and uh, i don't know how much i'll be able to do this year, but uh, next year I plan on trying to follow around a few more of their events and make it out to quite a few if I can. There we go. And Brian, if you keep having issues, Brian, you can just go audio only instead of camera. I'll mute him here for a second. I was trying to and it wouldn't let me. I was going to send him a message, but it wouldn't let me. Not letting well, me yeah, Caleb, that's a, you know, for this to be your first one to do so well, you kind of got to follow him around now, man. You got to make a run. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, that's part of the reason why I jumped into it is because Sam Rayburn's about two hours away from where I live. Uh, I haven't fished a whole lot, but I know I've got a enough understanding of the lake and none of the people that fish it and just kind of knowing Southeast Texas and how it fishes in general kind of, I felt like I, I had a little edge, but, uh, uh, and then with the water being up, it kind of, any, at least in my mind, a lot of pre-fishing and things like that kind of wasn't going to help out too many people uh, just because everything was spread right. out. Uh, it was already a huge lake when it's 10, 11. But high makes it even bigger and more challenging to break down. I bet. 10 or 11 feet. That's insane. Yeah. So um, for any of y'all, give us a rundown of how Sabern, how Sam Rayburn normally is. Uh, right now, it sounds like it's just a lot deeper and muddy. But but how does it usually play out and fish, and what kind of reservoir is it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, uh, uh, really in mid-lake, kind of where I was fishing, I'm sure the north end and up in the creeks was a lot muddier, but uh, where I was fishing was actually really clear water. Um, had a stain to it, but uh, most places I had a foot or two, a couple feet of visibility, uh, at least where I was fishing, but I'm sure you get off in the creeks, it was it was fairly muddy, but um, Raven's usually awesome lake. Um, it, it gets a lot of pressure, but it has a ton of fish, and... Uh, some of the, I mean, it, it's it's probably one of the number one uh, bass fishing lakes in the state of Texas, and uh, I mean, maybe even in the nation. And uh, it puts out some big fish. And it typically has a lot of pressure on it, but uh, thankfully, with as high as the water is, and with uh, probably seventy five percent of the ramps being shut down on the lake, 
Um, there was only a few, maybe just little tournaments with uh, a few groups of people, but uh, didn't see near the pressure uh, that it normally did. And we kind of had to, we as kayakers kind of had to lake to ourselves. I, I don't think I ever uh, really had to fish around anybody or I, I'd see a few people here and there, but uh, with being up so high and everybody kind of being able to launch from the roads and, and bridges and things like that, um, there was there was a lot of places that were accessible to launch from kayaks, but uh, not really from boats. So it was, it was a fun one. Yeah. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. It probably plays out to your favor too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Jim, how, how about you, man? We'll get, you've never been on here. Have you, have you been on here before? No, I was on the noob show. Noob show. Well, that's- I knew you'd been on the podcast in some way. I just couldn't remember which show. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was at, it was, a. Uh, you know, it wasn't muddy. It had a good stain to it. Um, perfect. And, uh, you know, you know when I, I was expecting it to be muddy, but it wasn't. It was. It just had a really good stain to it. And, uh, you know, type of water I fish here at home. So, uh, since you haven't been on before and you're kind of a, a like a legend around, I know here in Alabama, everybody knows your name. Tell people who you are if they don't know. Um, I'm Jim Ware from Rome, Rome, Georgia. And I've been, I've been kayak fishing for about 15 years. Um, just the OG. Just kind of, hell, I didn't even know there was a kayaking community. I work at a paper mill and crazy swing shift. So I'd go by myself all the time and uh, had a boat stolen, posted on Facebook a long time ago. And, uh, you know, if anybody saw it, call me. And all of a sudden, this kayaking community just erupted and uh, shared it. And I, I got friends immediately from it. And, uh, you know, it, it's been it's been great. I hadn't met a bad person out of the whole, out of the whole group, I don't think. I think most of us can say that we may have found some we don't like as much as others, but I can honestly say I haven't found anybody. I just don't like. Right. <clears throat> I know you might get a bad vibe. You meet them in person. They're different. You know, that, that, that's, that's just like a bunch of brothers and sisters. There's sometimes yeah. you probably want to smack them in the head. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've had, you know, this, it's been a blessing to me. This whole kayak, the whole trip, you know, hopefully there's more to come. That's right. Oh, yeah. All right, Brian, how about you, man? Who who are you? Tell the people who you are, man. All right. Well, I finally got some of those technical difficulties out of the way. I don't know what was going on with my signal. I hope you guys can hear me all right now. Yeah. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. Okay, cool. But, so, my name is Brian Scarberry. Uh, I live in Bernie, Texas, which is a little bit north of uh, San Antonio. Um, I've been tournament fishing since I was in high school, um, mostly out of a bass boat when I first got started. And then, uh, you know, had a kid and uh, some other stuff came up and working a lot. So, fishing took a back seat for a, a number of years and I'm starting to get back into it and kayaking uh really fits my style a bit uh better as far as uh you know the low maintenance and stuff like that it's way better than having to deal with a bass boat so uh i'm really really happy to finally get uh get a good rhythm going with the kayaking and um 
uh, I guess I, I've been, I started fishing cats uh, last year, uh, did pretty good in cats. So I'm fishing cats again this year. And this was my first uh, Hobie BOS event and uh, it turned out pretty good. I'm super excited to fish in Ufala, but uh, I'm kind of worried now. It seems like uh, old Jim over there has got some, uh, got some local knowledge, <laughs> a no. little bit of an advantage. So He's on the other um, end of the state. Yeah, uh, you follow. I've never, I've never fished it, man. But really, you, okay. You, you can right, there's a lot between <laughs> now and November. I'll be burning roads up down there. <laughs> you follow yeah. is like, like I've lived in Alabama my whole life. You know, it's it's down southeast of us. Yeah, it's like the lake around here that like nobody talks about, and it's not like a distance thing. You know, obviously all your serious anglers travel. But like just like picking people's knowledge and stuff that travel and fish, it seems like none of them go mess with that lake, which blows my mind because the fishing is supposed to be so good. I mean, the the city is like dedicated to bass fishing. Mm-hmm. Really, it's, but I, I started watching some of the MLF events that have been there, and I mean, the average fish is like four pounds. You know, that's it's yeah. It's pretty and they, impressive. when they hit it last year, they hit it at like the perfect time. Really. Yeah, it was. I I watched that coverage live last year, and it was not quite as good as you know Mark Daniels on Lake Fork last year yeah. when he was just catching all those spawners. But some of the fish they were catching, it was kind of insane. Oh, I know. And, you know those those guys were doing it this weekend. Uh, I can't even remember what are they on. I think they were on Chickamauga. Yeah, those, Chickamauga. Man, it's for everybody that hates on MLF about it being a dink fest. They've sure been catching some monster fish this year. I love it. Well, uh, you know, once they started changing that, that, um, you know, once they imparted the, uh, the, 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 lim- the limit, you know, where they can only weigh in like a two pound fish, uh, I think that changed a lot, you know, because before those guys were just trying to catch numbers and now they yeah. know that they got to find a little bit above average fish to, uh, to even get it on the scales. So, so it's yeah. changed a little bit. It's, it's, man, I, I love that that format i wish we can get something like that going for kayaking but uh you know it's there's not much room on a on a pro angler 14 for a boat official so yeah Yeah. (laughs) i i fished there once it's one of those places where you can kind of pick your poison you can catch them offshore you can catch them shallow you can you know as long as you're stay away from the gators you're you're okay but the uh it's it's got a little bit of everything so that's What's really funny is that it it reminds me a lot of Rayburn. Um, It's kind of set up the same. Uh, A lot of grass. You know, it's got deep water. It's got rock. It's got grass. It's got uh, shallow vegetation, stumps. uh, Water clarity is really similar to Rayburn. So um, it's kind of kind of seems like a home away from home for us Texas guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, Texas guys are. Getting that that trash talk started a little bit. They think they got it already. <laughs> Those guys got to watch out, man. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I would love to make that one. It's, right now, it's not working with a schedule. But I just want to go down there. Like It doesn't matter what for. I just want to go down there and fish that lake. Yeah. I put in for vacation for it today. There you go. I, I did I did too. I yeah, I told him I was like, I know it's a few months out, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I get this week off. Right, cool. Well, uh, well, I guess we'll start with practice, Jim. We'll start with you since you're up top. 
Uh, okay. Tell us about your practice. How, how long you get to practice, and how was it? I, I practiced. Uh, I got there Monday night, and uh, actually drove down, hit the bridge at about nine o'clock. It was almost dark, and uh, caught one off the bridge. Uh, I don't know what highway that is. Right there, it uh, brought us and just fishing off the bank. And then Tuesday, I, I, I settled in on the south end of the lake for uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and. Yeah, I didn't realize that lake was so full of spots. Um, I, there's so many spotted bass, at least down on that south end. Um, that, well, I did catch a, a couple of good fish down there, but the, uh, the spots were just overwhelming. Um, my plan, I moved up. I camped at Jackson Hill in Mid Lake. And uh, so on Thursday, I went, which I, I, my, my plan was to fish offshore or at least start offshore. And um, so I was looking at areas that would have been, you know, eight, eight to 15 foot at normal pool. And now it was 1825. And uh, so, and I, I did, I, I was catching, but not numbers. I couldn't find a congregation of good fish down there on the south end. Come up on the north end, and I actually, I had a, probably my personal best, got off next to the boat, 24 foot on a brush pile, but that was the only bite I got off of it, and uh, that was Thursday. Friday, there was a spot I had picked out with map study a month prior, and uh, Jay, I don't know what it was about that area. Um, satellite image, imagery had tons of lily pads and I, I really I wanted to just go over there and see what these lily pads were going to look like under 10 foot of water you know that was and, and surprisingly there were some of them that had made it to the top um, and uh, so I get over there and uh, actually get a little close but then those flooded trees will suck you right into it they look so fishy and um and, you know, you get suckered in. And there was people that caught fish in the flood trees. I couldn't. But I got suckered in there and spent a couple hours and come out and was, you know, I was defeated. I, I felt that way. I was following the creek channel out. Um, and right where that old creek channel, and it's only like 10 foot wide, right where that creek channel normally would have dumped into the main um, creek out there, there was just a huge school of fish and uh initially i was no way that's bass so i tossed a one ounce spinner bait out there and pulled it through and caught a 17 incher caught four or five wanted to see a big one finally got a one about six pounds up next to the boat and it got off so i was settled on that you know I, that, that was my spot so i i, I move go try to find a little backup maybe another couple of creek channels that I could check that may be the same and I, I didn't find anything else and uh, I had to pass back by there and the temptation got the best of me and I threw a big worm out there and uh, first cast thump and I didn't set the I had, matter of fact I buried the worm the uh, hook inside this um, Berkeley power worm and I just let the fish run and it kept pinching on it and it came up and spit the worm and she was a five or six pounder. So I, 
I told my mother that night that um, she said, you know, did you find some big fish? And I said, if they're there tomorrow, it's, it's going to be a good one. You know, it's, and no, and nobody else is there. Yeah. Zero, zero people. I saw about six, six, uh, maybe 10 or 12 bass boats on day one. Never, never, not one of them came close to me. Uh, day two, it was only like six or eight bass boats that I saw buzz by out on the main water. And, um, but I'm sitting probably 100, 150 yards off outside of the flooded tree line. And this area was maybe the size of two tennis courts. And I sat there for both days and I leaned on them as hard as I could, you know. And um, first day that, you know, I, I had a big one hit um, right after a storm blew through. She ate a, a, a shock blade pro. And then uh, on day two, I just couldn't get a big bite. But um, they were still there. They had moved a little bit, went off into the ditch. Um, but yeah, limit by six forty-five both days, and just a blue-collar stringer where you called a quarter of an inch at a time, you know, all day. And um, I've never heard it called that before. Yeah, I love that. It was, it was <laughs> hard. Blue-collar stringer. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was work. Um, you know, luckily I was catching a ton of fish, but you know they were just they're all the same size, and um, but and I had zero. Um, cell service and every now and then to get a uh, somehow a message come in from my wife and she she would tell me and she was like scarberry just got is hammering them you know i, I got a message <laughs> from, you know you need two big ones and um i was like well you know i'm i'm doing my best i don't know if that's good or bad yeah well, she's and, like hey bring home some money yeah she, you know she You'd have to know her, but she she's one in a million. She's, you know, she she kicks me in the ass when I need it, and uh, and, uh, and 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 loves on me when you know she's a good one. Uh, she'd be a great football coach. <laughs> <laughs> so if I mean, you kind of had all your eggs in one basket. Then how do you manage those fish over two days? Then. Like well, how, how do you know when if you're catching cookie cutters? How do you know when to stop on day one? Well, I on day one at eleven o'clock. Like, like I said, the day before I'd had two big fish, you know, get off, and so I knew they were there, and um, and and they didn't. Matter of fact, early in the morning on day one, I set the hook on a, and it, it was a it felt like a good fish. But I and lost it. But um, but I knew that they were in that area. I just had to. I think I, in my mind, I I got to weed through all these smaller fish, and eventually the big one's going to hit. And, and she did. It's twenty twenty two and a, a half on day one. Um, day two, I didn't. I could have loaded up and drove it would have took me about 45 minutes to drive around to this one single brush pile out on the ledge where i had that big one and i'm telling you my gut i mean my brain was really hammering on me to move and i i'm not gonna leave fish to find fish this place was absolutely loaded with fish um you know, and to protect them too you know just sitting on your spot keeping other yeah. people back too you know Right, right. I had, you know, I had one, um, Shane Kitchens is from Dallas. 
I met him. He's a super nice guy. He, you know, he came around, but he, he stopped and, uh, and, and actually went behind me and went around. We chatted and, uh, you know, he was super respectful. He was the only kayak angler I saw. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, I, I didn't have any other. Look for, options. look for Jim. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have any other options. So I just leaned on him as hard as I could. And it, it turned out pretty good. You know, I'm happy. Yeah. I, you know, I'm super happy and hats off to Scarberry, man. You, you know, that was, that was a show. I, I wish that they would have filmed that. I'd like to see how it all played out with you on day one, uh, day two. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to get a camera for sure. That's definitely on the list. Uh, I'm talking about. I just haven't messed with Did them. you hoot and holler? Did oh, dude, that, that 22 and a half, man. Yeah. She was like, she was she was short and stuff. She's like a 10-pounder a head on a, yeah. on a 22 and a half body. So she came yeah. up out of the water, and I, I was making really long casts. And so, uh-huh. I mean, he hit it the long, in the long cast. So she came up and jumped, and I was like, holy crap. That's yeah. a giant. I mean, I, I, I've caught double digits, and I, I would have sworn to you that was a double digit for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much she weighed. She, she probably was, you know, close. But yeah. um, when I put her on the board and she was only 22 and a half, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> There's no way this isn't a 23, Dude, I'm, 24 I'm telling you, a catch board will hurt your feelings and yeah. take your pride <laughs> right from you. Because I've caught some with, like you said, with a head that does not match the body. And when I put it on the board, I caught one last year, just like you said. When we when I hooked it and pulled it up, we were all freaking out like 10-pounder. Because, the, I mean, you could stick both your fists in its mouth. Dude, it was a monster. Yeah. When we got it on the board, it was 20 and a quarter. And I yeah. was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like he must have hit something head on and just shrank. Like, yeah. But talking about yeah. y'all's numbers, we didn't go over them. Uh, yeah, I'll just put them out real quick right here. So uh, day one, Jim, you were first with ninety three and three quarter with that big twenty two and a half. Caleb, you were third with eighty nine and three quarter with a twenty three, which we're gonna have to tell us about here in a second. And then uh, Brian, you were seventh with eighty six and a quarter on day one. And then day two, uh, Brian, you had an excellent day. Uh, first place, uh, the 97 inches for 20 with that 22 and a half inch. Um, Caleb, you were eighth with 86 and a half. And Jim, you were 14th with 83 and three yeah. quarters. So it's a little bit slower, but you still, you know, you put two good stringers together and showed why a two day tournament works the way it does. All right. So, Caleb, oh, tell us a little bit about your day. I'm sorry, what was that? Yeah, t- tell us about your practice and your tournament. Okay, so well, so uh, I really didn't have a practice. I uh, I wasn't even really – I didn't know if I could fish this tournament until uh, I guess it's the week of. I signed up the last uh, day there was to sign up. Uh, got, got to Raven around uh, midday Friday. I probably could have gotten on the hour on the lake for a few hours, but uh, – I didn't know what ramps were open. I didn't know which places were accessible to launch. So uh, I just drove around for a few hours looking at uh, different ramps, looking at different back roads that had uh, launchable access off the county roads and things like that. And uh, that's that's really all I did was, was just scout some ramps and uh, get a feel for what the water looked like and what everything looked like out there. And, uh, and then uh, on tournament day, I, I kind of had an area – uh, just from l- little pre-knowledge of the lake and uh, 
just from looking at maps and things like that, I had an area that I wanted to go to. And uh, on tournament day, I went there, uh, found an area where people weren't fishing. And uh, I just kind of, it, it was a good size area, but I, I pretty much just hit that area all day long, uh, both days. And uh, and I wasn't having to fish over the same water a whole lot, but uh, I, I worked pretty thoroughly in, in one good uh, chunk of, well, I mean, normally uh, dry land, but now you're in, uh, I found the bank in some areas and fish all the way out to 10 or 15 foot, but uh, still fishing in areas that are normally dry land. Well, what was the craziest thing y'all saw in the water? Was it like a, I mean, it was really fun. I mean, was people's houses flooded or are they used to it, used to it going up that high? I've heard there were, I heard there were some, uh, some houses flooded. Uh, a friend of mine actually caught uh, two fish under a fish cleaning station. Oh. I think that's the craziest thing I've heard. Those fish <laughs> were flirting with disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Down on the south end, there was a uh, there was a ramp that was flooded, and the the parking lot was flooded. Not, you know, I'd heard stories of people catching them off picnic tables and this and that. So I eased up in the parking lot, and it was like four foot deep. Threw a spinner bait, and I, it was a small fish, but mission accomplished. I caught a Caught a fish out of a flooded parking lot, you know. So it Called it the handicap spot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my nice. buddy said. Not beside the handicap sign. But um yeah, it was it was uh, it the was craziest crazy. thing I think I saw was a giant snapping turtle, an alligator snapping turtle. It was probably three feet across. Um yeah. and she came up to the surface and was just sitting there and at first I just saw her head sticking out. And her head was sticking out probably 10 inches out of the water. Jesus. Um, and, yeah, I, I looked over, and it was just one of those things, like, you see a lot of turtle heads, but something that big out, sticking out of the water, that's not your first thought. And then I look over, and I'm looking, and her back comes out of the water. You see those yeah. big, those big uh, you know, spikes on her shell sticking up. And I was like, oh, my God. That's that a regular a old Bowser, man. Turtle. It was giant. I have a video of it. Um, but... Uh, that was the craziest thing. And then the, all the bald eagles, that was really cool. Saw a lot of yeah. bald eagles. Yeah. America. America. <laughs> I had heard a, uh, I had heard for the first time an alligator bellowing. And, and mm-hmm. I, I don't, I never saw it, but it sounded like it was probably, you know, 25 feet long. <laughs> it was, it was loud that. and intimidating. And, and just like Scarberry, I, um, Look later on in the day, I know now why they call them alligator snapping turtles because it the the head didn't come up first, the back did, and I thought, <laughs> oh, you know, it looked just like the back of an alligator, and this yeah. thing's like twenty feet from me, and I was like, and then the head comes up, she takes a breath, and I was like, good lord, what a freaking turtle! I'm probably more scared of that turtle than that alligator. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've had them pop at the boat before, like. And really? I've seen not not big ones, you know, just small ones out here in the creeks and rivers. But like I've seen videos of guys like sticking stuff in the big ones' beaks and letting them snap. I like I'm was legit scared. Like man, one of those could take a chunk or at least pop a hole in the hole of this thing, and right. down we go. A few no, years I heard, ago, I caught, it. I caught a common snapper, but I caught it on a spro wrap, and um, ooh man, it was at night. And I, I got it up on the, there was like a pontoon boat sitting there 
and I got it up on the back of this pontoon boat. I have a video of it just like going crazy, just trying to bite the crap out of me. But uh, yeah, man, they're they're intimidating animals when they get that big. This one was yeah. this one was huge. What what Jim's talking about? I heard for the first time. Like I've heard an alligator bellow, like at the zoo, uh, the Birmingham Zoo used to have a really nice alligator exhibit. I don't know if they still do, and you'd hear them do it. But when we fished Lake Fork for the Bassmaster event, we put in off the side of the road, and Adam Riser had told me he's like, "Dude, there's some big gators in that area. Just be careful." And, you know, I'm standing waist deep in the water, like trudging through the mud to put the boat in. We, I literally get in the boat, move down like 10 yards and we hear one bellow and then I hear babies. And I was like, great. Well, we just kept fishing and never thought nothing about it. The next day that we were there, I saw that alligator and they were telling me that it was like 14 feet, like the locals that know about it. And that the the lady that owns a property next to where we put in, her and her husband hand feed it every night off the bridge. I was like, dude, this is terrible. (laughs) And I did not fish there for the tournament just on that fact. (laughs) But we saw it. And dude, laying on the ground, that thing was still three feet tall. It was so fat. No, I'm good. So I feel you. Mm -mm. All right, Brian, tell us about your tournament, man. Oh, man. So um, I got on Rayburn about uh, a little bit before 10 on Friday. Um, and, uh, I just got on the water and just started scanning as much as I could. I, I, I picked, luckily I was able to find a place to launch in, you know, the main area that I had, um, scouted, you know, on the Navionics and stuff like that. Um, and I was very fortunate to find a place to launch there. Uh, there was actually a lot of other guys in that area, which was surprising to me, but, um, I just got to work. I, I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go up in the trees. I knew that's what majority of the, of the, the people were going to be doing. So I wanted to stay out on that old, uh, bank line. Um, and I know that hay grass holds a lot of fish, man. Uh, so, so that's what I was looking for. I just kept scanning the points. I would pull up, uh, Google earth on my phone and see where those, uh, see where those mats of hay grass were and look for the little, the little unusual areas of that hay grass. And I would go through and scan them and see if there's any fish on them. Um, and I found two areas that had fish. Uh, I actually saw a lot of fish, um, over the hydrilla too. Uh, so in practice, I caught a lot on the hydrilla with, uh, spinnerbaits, rattle traps. Um, like Jim was saying, I wasted a lot of time chasing after those stupid spots, man. You, you, <laughs> You'd pull up a uh, live scope and look down there in like 25 feet of water right on the edge of that grass. And you'd see these huge balls of bait swimming around and you'd see a school of five or six, you know, dots on the screen, just chasing, just going crazy, man. And so I hooked up a, a, a five inch swim bait with a one ounce jig head and just, just creeped it down through that grass. Just, no, in any minute, I was just going to get rocked, but, uh, man, it was just bump, 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 bump. And then you'd finally accidentally hook one, you know, and, uh, those spots are relentless. It was insane. Uh, so yeah, it's hard, I, I to, like, it's hard to dodge them because when you do get a good one, the fight's so good, it's totally worth it. Yeah. I'll tell you the fish on Rayburn spots are largemouth. One of the hardest fighting fish I've caught in a long time. Lot. 
I hooked one in, in uh, on the first day of, of the tournament uh, on a chatterbait. And, uh, I mean, I'm throwing a 15-pound test, uh, you know, a 7-foot-11 medium-heavy rod. And, and I hook into this fish, and it, it felt like seven, eight-pounder, you know. And it gets gets up, and it jumps, and I'm like, <laughs> what happened there, you know? And it, yeah. it goes back down, and it starts stripping drag. I mean, it was like like a 17 it wasn't a dink but man I, I i couldn't believe that it was like stripping drag off that reel and i checked my drag and i was like it's it's not loose these things are just insane and, and i did that many many times where i'd hook a fish and i'm like oh that's the one that's the one and it would jump and it'd be a 15 incher you know it's like what's going on here these things are on steroids some sort yeah, of definitely spill chemicals. Out river smallmouth do the same thing, man. <laughs> really? You you hook yeah, you'll hook river smallmouth in shallow water, and it'll like same thing, man. You'll be stripping drag and be like, dude, I just caught you know a football <laughs> lake eerie style smallmouth here or something, like that. and it'll be like fourteen inches, and yeah. blow yeah. your mind. It'll be that big around, just a little striped <laughs> missile, but it'll it will wear your gear out and make you think, I mean, I've got some really cool video where if I never pulled the fish up, you'd never know that it was tiny, yeah. but yeah. like pulling the boat around and all sorts of stuff for a mediocre fish, but still fun. So, so yeah, so I wasted a little bit of time doing that. Um, you know, I, I wanted to find multiple different things I could do on tournament day just in case. Um, but realistically, most of the fish that I found, the decent fish that I found were in the hydrillon hangrass. So Saturday came around. Uh, um, I messed around on, on, I found a, a really steep bank that, um, that it was probably only about 10, 15 feet between the uh, tree line and the actual bank. And I was really expecting to be able to pick up a couple fish in that spot with a frog or a buzzbait or something like that. Um, so I, I fished that for, maybe 30, 45 minutes, didn't get a bite, didn't hear a blow up, really didn't see anything. So I, I abandoned that pretty quick and uh, hopped over to the first point. And um, I was throwing a spinnerbait, uh, a chatterbait, rattle trap, stuff like that. And I was getting bit, but but uh, they weren't committing like they were in practice. You know, in practice, they would hit it and and it, and it would be down their throat. You know, they would be, they would be swallowing it. Um, but the, the only thing they were really hitting was the spinner bait and I'd get a lot of bumps and not hook up. Um, so <clears throat> I had a, a ribbon tail worm that, uh, if I saw something on live scope, I would kind of, you know, make a little targeted cast with that ribbon tail. And, uh, that, that was really getting some good bites here and there. Um, and so I, I decided to just start casting that thing around and just reeling it across the tops of the grass, like real slow. And, and when I started doing that, I caught the, caught a 19 and a half and a 19 and a quarter on the first day, um, pretty close together, you know, within an hour. Um, like a quick ribbon tail And so just weightless on the top, on the, no, like top. No, no, no. It, this was out, this was out in like 15 feet of water. It was a, like an eight inch ribbon tail with a quarter ounce weight, um, and so just, just real slow, just getting it to barely tick the tops of the hay grass and hydrilla, you know. Um, and there were a couple areas where, where there was a little gap where there was just, um, you know, bare bottom between. And I would kind of work it slow through there, um, pick up a couple fish in there, too. Um, 
<clears throat> so so that worked out. Ounce weight, just so it wouldn't get stuck in the grass. What was that? Why, why the quarter ounce weight, just so it wouldn't get stuck in the grass? Yeah, a quarter seemed like the best. I, actually, it was a quarter ounce weight with a tungsten bead, so it was probably more like, uh, you know, three sixteenths or, or something like that. Uh, or, or what was it? Five sixteenths. Um, yeah. So it was probably a little bit heavier than a quarter, but but that weight was just perfect for being able to work it really slow and stay down there and not get bogged down in that hay grass because that, that hay grass is really tough to fish when it's flooded like this. A lot of things want to get buried in it, and it's not like hydrilla where you can rip a bait out of it. Once you get down in that hay grass, you usually come back with a big chunk of it, you know. So um, you really wanted to kind of stay up above it as much as you could, uh, and that quarter ounce was working perfect. I, I tried a three-eighths a, a little bit and, and a half ounce, and those were just way too much. I just had to reel them way too fast. Um, but the the second day, you know, I I – I caught the two nineteens on the same point in the same little time period. Um, and so I kind of knew that I needed to capitalize on that, you know, cause Saturday I was hopping around a lot, trying to, you know, figure different things out, trying to see what was, what was working, what was not. I was still, I was still kind of practicing on Saturday, you know, because I, I knew I needed to figure something out a little bit better than I, than I had it. But, uh, so, so Sunday, I just uh, stuck with what I, what I found and, and, and I only brought five rods with me on, on Sunday, whereas I had 13 with me on Saturday. So Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I narrowed it down a lot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I was throwing that ribbon tail, um, caught, caught a, the 22 and a half about uh, eight o'clock. And then when I got her in the boat, I realized she had a big red claw sticking out of her throat. Um, and so <clears throat> started thinking and I had thrown a red rattle trap around. So I, I threw a red rattle trap around for a little bit longer, didn't get nothing. And then I knew I had a red uh, flipping jig. Um, and so I was like, well, let me put a, you know, like a green pumpkin trailer on this and just swim it over that grass. And man, I put that on, I think three casts later, I had a, the 21. Uh, and then maybe another hour later, I had that 19. And so that, that made it happen real quick. Um, and then middle of the day on Sunday that the wind just went flat, calm, the sun came out and my bite almost completely died. I was catching those little 13, 14, 15 inches, but my smallest fish at that point was a 16 and a quarter. And, uh, man, I, I, uh, I just kept casting and casting and casting and casting and casting and trying to call that fish because I knew Jim was going to come in with a, with a pretty heavy bag, man. I just knew it. He, he, he knocked, knocked Guillermo out the, the first day. So uh, I, I, I just knew I needed to call that 16 and a quarter, but it didn't happen. And, and uh, you know, fortunately for me, Jim didn't find that big one he needed. So right. I got pretty lucky there. Oh, heck yeah, man. Cool. Definitely. Sounds like you fit y'all, all of y'all sound like y'all fished very thoroughly. Like, so hats off y'all y'all had a lot of detail to your your tactic which is always fun to hear about um and before we get off of that caleb i didn't i wanted to hear about your your big fish that 23 yeah that, that was kind of like uh brian was talking about that 22 and a half and uh i was throwing a little uh flipping call and uh threw it next to a big tree 
And uh, when, you, when you've been catching bunch of those little 10, 11, 12 inches all day, and uh, you, you can feel the difference uh, when a big like that picks up. And, it. and uh, yeah, I, I set the hook hard, and he came out trying to spit that hook. And uh, uh, when you've been catching a bunch of dings like that all day, it, it, it definitely gets your blood, <laughs> your blood going. And uh, I think that was the only yeah, I think that's the only fish all week that I actually used my net uh, to get in the kayak, and uh, I'm glad I did because uh, when I got him in there, I mean, I, I I didn't have to put any pressure at all to get that uh, that hook out. It of is mind blowing how often that wow. happens. Yeah, it, it's I kept it pinned and and I set the hook hard on it when it hit, but um, it just when it's going through the roof of its mouth like that, it uh, and and it had uh, it had a good chance to try to fight me and, and uh, the area I was fishing was just vegetation. I could feel him running into those sticks and things like that. I just kept him pinned, kept pressure on him and got him in the boat as good as I could. But um, yeah, that uh, I was kind of getting to a lull in the day right before I caught that one where I was starting to not necessarily doubt what I was doing, but just kind of wonder if, if, if I could go try other things to catch bigger fish. And, uh, when I got him, I was like, okay, no, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. The fish are just so spread out that, uh, it's just, it's just trying to find those bigger ones. And, and, uh, so I, I was thankful to get that fish and, uh, really just one fish like that kind of kept me up where it did. And, uh, that's, that's what kind of had me worried going into day two, because all it took is, is one phone like that or one, uh, sorry, I was, <laughs> I just saw Jim message the group about a phone. Um, one fish yeah. like that, and it, it would have uh, changed the the scoring for anybody. Uh, day one, there was a lot of people in that mid 80s to high 80s range, and uh, one one good kicker fish like that can uh, make or break. Boom me up through the I rankings. Was, yeah, I was so I can get that one. I did have another big one uh, blow up. Uh, I had a crawl kind of on a tree limb and. Just barely dangling in the water, and I just saw another one of those big mouths come out, and it missed it. Never to get the bait, but uh, I was I was able to get that one. So a flipping jig was kind of your go-to. Yeah, I, I pretty much. Uh, I guess I didn't talk about it. I, I I went into it, and first thing Saturday morning, I threw a few different things. I threw a rattle trap, chatter bait, um, spinner bait. Uh, top water. I messed around with a few things, but uh, coming into it in my mind, I was going to go back, get deep in the sticks, get to the places boats couldn't get to, uh, water that's a new fish would be moving up into, and, and that, they were spread out. Everybody was catching them everywhere, and um, I, I got back deep in that stuff. And uh, once I kind of figured out what they were, that they were going to bite that little flipping crawl for me, I threw it all day. The rest of the day Saturday, and I threw it pretty much all day Sunday. Uh, well, I, I say pretty much. I did. I threw it all day Sunday, and uh, I committed to that. It's something I love to row, and uh, I knew as as long as I could keep that bait in the water and keep pitching at all these good areas, uh, I was going to catch fish. And uh, I didn't want to, at least in my mind, I didn't want to have to try to second my guess, second guess myself on why this may or may not be working trying different things i just stuck to one thing and fished it hard all day and uh it, it ended up and it worked but, yeah <laughs> it, it worked and, 
fish, fish were so and it's, spread it's out. Funny. Uh, it's funny that you say, you know, how that one hit, you know, how, how it thumped it. Man, the, the, the 22 that I caught hit it just like all the other little ones. It was just a tink, tink, you know, a, a little yeah. a little double tap, and, and I swung, and it was just it was just a log, you know, <laughs> didn't move. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, all, the, all the fish that I caught all hit the same, just real soft. And I had a lot of fish on that worm that would that would tink, tink, and, and I would kind of let them wait for them to load up, and they would never load up. It's like they hit it and spit it real quick. Um, yeah. So I was, I was fishing a, a, a very popular area, unbeknownst to me, when I started. So I'd imagine those fish get hammered on, even though they, they, they've had kind of less pressure for, for a while because of the flooding water. But uh, it, it definitely seemed like those fish were very, very conditioned to things. You know, you, you had to be very particular with them. So I don't know if you guys experienced that in y'all's area. but Yeah, that, my, a couple of mine I had to, you know, Tick, tick, try to let them run because I was throwing a worm too. Ninety uh, percent of my every, ninety percent of the fish I caught was either on a ten-inch ribbon tail worm or a mag hit worm, Texas rig, dragging it through the grass like you were, and uh, they would swallow it almost. I mean, there was three or four times I had to pull the forceps out, you know, and uh, and re- and remove a hook, um, and they swam off. And I never saw them float, so. You know, I, I was a good, good doctor. <laughs> yeah, man. I had, I had so many fish where I'd feel them thump, thump, and I'd, I'd feel weight, and I'd set the hook, and you'd feel a little bit of weight for half a second, and then there would be nothing. Yeah. And you get the worm back, and you'd have the scrape marks from the hook back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just – they were real weird. I, I, I think, you know, if I – I don't know what I could have done differently, but I definitely think I had a hundred inches of fish there um, that I could have hooked if I, if I would have figured out how to get that in them. Cause, cause uh, when that 22 and a half hit exactly like those little ones were, I was like, man, you just sit how there and big think back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you sit there and think back you're like, man, all those little tiny double taps that, that you usually think of being a small fish. Uh, I don't know how many of those could have been an 18 plus, you know, and, and right. you're kind of sitting there, kind of sitting there uh, dogging yourself. And, man, don't beat cool. yourself up. You got the big check, man. <laughs> I know, I know, man. But I wanted to break a hundred so bad. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, and I, and I just, um, <laughs> uh, I fished the, the, the throwdown uh, for Texas last year. It's like a big uh, state tournament we have here. Um, and uh, it was like a road runner, so we could fish three or four different lakes in, in a row. And um, I, I had had a pretty good lead most of the day uh, over a friend of mine, Jacob Moeller. And, and they shut those standings off for the last hour. And I think I, I, think I was uh, maybe like two inches above him, you know. And I got to the weigh-in, and I looked at him, and I said, did you make a call at the last minute? And I just, I just had this feeling, you know, and he's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> and so he knocked me out in the last minute. So, so this whole tournament, the you know, whole, whole day Sunday, 
that was just rolling through my head, you know. God, I'm not gonna let this happen again. again. I'm not gonna (laughs) let this happen again. You know, I gotta figure out some way to get rid of this 16 and a quarter. I got to, even though I had like a you know 10 inch lead over Guillermo, I just I just knew that that something was gonna go, you know, good for somebody else, and and they were gonna (laughs) knock me out. It, It was just, and then I I didn't I didn't find out till. I think it was almost seven o'clock, you know. So from so from three to seven, I was just like sitting there, just freaking out, like Sweet. what happened? What happened? What happened? I've been blowing AJ's phone up. Like AJ, I need to know. I came up with some excuse, like I gotta know now, or I'm leaving. Or I have something. a hard condition, AJ. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been an hour. We don't want to hold y'all up too long. Uh, before we have, before we let anybody go, we want to give you the opportunity to shout out any sponsors, anybody that makes fishing easier for you. Jim, we'll start with you, bud. Okay. Um, dugout Bait and Tackle down in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, is our local Hobie dealer, and um, it's it's a unique. Um, I mean, he's he's got it going on. It's a unique uh, kayak shop because it, it it's a it's a full-fledged tackle shop uh first and foremost and then we've got a, a demo pond uh hobie shack with all the boat uh, the uh a lot of the boats all the models in it so anybody can come down check them out all the guys inside the shop uh or know everything about a you know a hobie kayak any given day you're down there you can you'll run into me or um Jason Alford, Clint Henderson, Steve Owens, you know, there, there's a, Ron Lambert is just a bunch of us. And, you know, the place is just a fun place to hang out. It's kind of like, kind of like an old barbershop, you know, a lot of fishermen <laughs> in there, not, not all kayak fishermen. That's, that, and then uh, Picasso Lures, Dan Vesuvio has been really good to me with, um, with uh, Lures and, and, uh, and then uh, Matt Newman with Irod. Um, some of the best rods I've used. I, I love them. And, uh, and my wife, you know, that's a given, uh, it wouldn't be for her. You know, she'll kick me in the butt when I need it. So I'll tell you what, everybody I needs to follow If you don't follow Jim already, his, he part times as a food blogger. Like, <laughs> man, you love some good food, man. I, I, you know, I come into a town, if, if I'm like coming home, uh, I, I started getting hungry and uh, I Googled, you know, check my route home. Jackson, Mississippi, there is a place that had uh, 700 and something reviews. Average was four and a half stars. It's called Bully's Soul Food Restaurant. Now, I, 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 I put it down. I'm going in there. And uh, route takes me way off the beaten path back into a neighborhood and the building is iconic looking, you know, it's, it's not fancy. It's, there's cars there. I go in at some of the best soul food I've ever had in my life. And, uh, that, you know, that's just part of the adventure, um, which, you know, I'm always up for an, an adventure like that. And, it, and, and I love eat, to eat too, good food. And, uh, I'll Amen. go out of my way to find it. <laughs> you bet you, you bet that that's half the fishing trip for me yeah. i spend more time looking for good places to eat than i do pre-fishing and looking for spots right and i tell you what <laughs> florence uh, florence alabama and muscle shoals has some of the best 
restaurants, local stuff, and and a, a congregation of them. I, I can't. They got so many good barbecue joints there. It's, so anybody is gets a chance to go to most the Hobie that's coming to uh to um, Pickwick in uh, September. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. There is some and the Bassmaster. Uh, we got the Bassmaster yeah, in July. Yeah. And yep. that Mexican restaurant, what is it, Rosie's? Is that what it's called? Rosie. Uh, I've never eaten there. Oh, yeah, well, it's, it's for a Mexican, uh, like, yeah, it's it's as it good is. as it gets in Alabama. Yeah. There is. Yeah. We're going to have to have a whole, we have a whole show on food. Come on. Uh, we can have a whole show on food in Florence. I live like 30 minutes from Florence. I feel you. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a JP show, though. Off the I love it. Yeah, he'll have to have you on there, man. Yeah, yeah. Brian, I know you'll listen to this. Another segment. We'll have a nothing but food segment. Oh yeah. Grub hub. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a big uh, I'm a big cook. I like I like cooking stuff. My wife actually bought me a uh, uh, dry aged ribeye when I got when I had when I got back uh, <laughs> Sunday. So I cooked that, cooked that yesterday, man, and that was. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. One thing I, I wanted to mention, um, I came out from Georgia to, alone, you know, by myself. I count by myself. Um, fished by myself. Me and Adam Riser did uh, launch at a place together. He went his way. But anyway, it was, you know, I was pretty much alone. And I uh, get to AJ sends me the message. I'm in the top 12. So I end up at the pavilion and I get out. And um, I'm walking across the parking lot and I look up and there's this lady standing there. And I don't know if you guys know Clint Henderson, but he, he's one of my best friends and he's a great fisherman, great dude. But uh, he's from my hometown. And I think, God, she looks just like Meredith, Clint's wife. And then behind her is his two kids. And then there's Clint, you know. But they were on their way to Possum Kingdom, and they make a detour down to the to Sam Rayburn, you know, to be there to be there for me. And that was a, oh, I mean that that was totally awesome, you know. Makes you feel uh, good. Starberry, that's who I was sitting with at the um, that, that crew there at the picnic table, and my buddy awesome, from, from Rome, and uh, that that was that made my day, you know, coming in second, tournament champions, and then. My, one of my best friends showing up with his family um, just set it apart from anything I've ever experienced. Awesome. All right, Caleb, how about you, man? Uh, now, first of all, I think my, my family, they uh, always always follow and, and watch the tournaments, and uh, they, they babysit my dog as I go off <laughs> and, and travel around to these tournaments. So I appreciate them for doing that. Um uh, pride fishing rods, uh, uh, work with them, use, use their rods and, uh, some best rods I've ever used. Uh, I, I used their rod all this weekend. And I said, for me, it was that uh, seven foot extra heavy that uh, I was able to get in them tight places and, uh, stop some backbone to rip them fish out. Uh, Billy Kissler, uh, makes some good rods here in America and, uh, absolutely love them. And, uh, uh, that and then I guess I'll give a shout out to my Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League, our local club around here. 
quite a few of our guys showed out for that. Uh, a couple of them did pretty good. And uh, I think Jeff Eichen got a big bass. John Mooney got fifth place. And uh, they were all real supportive of us and uh, cheering us on as we fish. So I got to give them guys a shout out. Very cool. And Brian, how about you, man? Well, uh, I'm working on some sponsorships right now, but nothing's set in stone. But there, there are some uh, people and places that I, you know, I appreciate. You know, especially uh, ACK is one of them. You know, they uh, they're one of our best local uh, kayak shops. They're always there for our guys. You know, when we need stuff fixed, repaired, whatever, they got it. Um, they also put on cats. You know, and cats is what got me. Uh, going in tournaments again, it gave me the opportunity to fish tournaments, uh, you know, close to my house and, and on some of the lakes that I know and some lakes that I didn't know. Um, and so I really appreciate them putting the time and effort in to, to give us those opportunities. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for cats, I, I wouldn't have, uh, had the, uh, the confidence to go try my hand at a national event. So, so thank the, thank those guys for sure. Um, the other thing is I, I use a lot of 13 fishing rods and reels and, and I, I mean, everybody says it, but, uh, you know, I was making really long casts and, and the, they definitely helped me, you know, they definitely helped me. Um, uh, you know, uh, I was wearing a, a NRS shirt that, uh, it's one of the best fishing shirts I've ever used. Um, it's really soft and stretchy. It's got the hand, the thumb holes, so you don't have to wear gloves your hands it's got the built-in buff and hood um i love that shirt it's the variant hoodie oh uh, what was that it's called the variant hoodie t shirt yeah exactly. exactly i love i have like five of them dude i love that yeah, shirt i won one at cats and i was like i fell in love the first time i wore it out on the water i had to go buy another one uh and i need to get a couple more just to have them because man they are so comfortable uh, I tried to get a, a Columbia shirt that was kind of had the same features, you know, but it's, it's not even close. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's close probably like their most popular selling thing other than a PFD. Yeah. Those shirts no, are like hot tickets, man. They knocked it out of the park. They really did. Um, you know, and then I also want to thank Hobie, man. Uh, <laughs> that, that Hobie pro angler makes, uh, makes fishing, uh, so much easier. Um, I, I started out in a, in a, you know, a paddle kayak and, um, it was always a little frustrating and I always got off the water with a little bit of an attitude, you know? Um, but, uh, as soon as I got in that pro angler, it, it everything changed. It, it made everything so much easier. So that, that helped a lot. And then, you know, of course I got to thank my wife, you know, she lets me, uh, she lets me do what I want and, and uh, chase my dreams and, and, uh, you know, watches these crazy kids while I'm out of town and, and it's not easy. And, uh, I, I couldn't do it without her. So I really appreciate what she does. Awesome guys. Yeah. Well, we appreciate y'all. Good luck the rest of the year. And I'm sure we'll see Caleb again. He keeps coming back on here and, and good, luck to, <laughs> good luck to all three y'all at the TOC later this year. Thank you. Yeah. Let me know if you want me back. I'll, I'll, I'll I'd love to. Sounds good, sure. man. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have you on. Thank you. All right. You guys yeah. have a good one. Later. See ya. All right, man. I'll let you. What, what, what are we doing to give away this this rod stager? So uh, I got the picture right here. I'm going to show it real quick. Bring it up. 
So this is the flex rod stager. Uh, as you can see, it does a horizontal adjustment uh, to, you know, position it on the gunnel how you want it. There's a couple other pictures. Yeah, you, know, you can it holds. around the other way, too, if you want it to be inside the gunnel or outside the gunnel. Oh, yeah, you can, you can really, you, you get a big range of flexibility. But, you know, there it is holding a paddle and a rod. Uh, you can see, you know, how the reels sit in there. And I can vouch for these things. I got to test these for a couple of months before uh, the ones I tested didn't even have the horizontal adjustment and your rods stay put. The openings are big enough that there's no fumbling to get your rod out to, you know, start casting and fishing. Um, and as you can see right there, they're selling for thirty nine ninety nine for the pair. Um, but these are going to be free to you. So uh, I've been thinking about it while we were doing it or uh, while we were doing the show on how to do it. So I think what we're going to do is, uh, this show will air uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow, yeah. We'll give give everybody time to hear it, so I'll probably check on it by Friday. Um, what we want you to do is like the Paddle and Fin uh, Facebook and Instagram pages, like the Yak Gadget Facebook and Instagram pages, and then contact me and Dan. Uh, you don't even have to message anything, like particular, no sentences, just say rod stager hear me but you have to message both of us well here say gonna, gadget just yeah say. there you go yeah gadget that way we know what it's about yeah. so so again like the paddle and fin uh pages on facebook and instagram like yeah gadget pages on facebook and instagram message myself and dan on facebook and uh i will or he will whoever gets the first one that does everything We'll reach out to the winner, get your information, and we'll ship it straight to you. Okay. So so the very first one to message both of us gets it, right? Yep. So if and you're I, not once we, whoever mess, yeah. when two people message us, uh, you know, uh, I'll go in and I'll check and make sure that you liked all the stuff you were supposed to like. If you didn't, I'm gonna move on to the next person. So if you're waking up early tomorrow, you got a good chance of winning. Just message pull your truck uh, over on your way to work. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Give them to me. Uh, Jimmy's in Athens. If you have to search it on Facebook, it's a uh, he's in Athens, Alabama, and I'm in Hoover, Alabama. So you can search it that way. Daniel Perry, Hoover, Alabama, and Jimmy Scare, Athens, and then it, you'll be able to find us. But yeah, do that, and you win a forty dollar product. Should be great. Awesome. I mean, they will fit basically every track system. The kind that Dan has yours is identical to that picture, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. same thing. Let me, I'm not sure if that one, I know that the new canoe ones are very specific to the whole shape, but I can, I can make you a promise. If you, if you get it and it doesn't fit on your boat, I can get in touch with John at Yak Gadget. We'll get you one that fits. I'll make it happen. Cool. All right. So let's talk about a bunch of tournaments last weekend. You know, we're going to talk about, talk about them. We had a MAKBF. They were on up, Upper Chesapeake Bay, 35 anglers. Uh, Alex Foyka won with 85 and three quarters. CJ Espy in second with 85 and a quarter. And Sterling Leach in third with 80, 83 and a half. So good limits up there, Upper Chesapeake. Uh, Sevierville, Tennessee, smallmouth team tournament. 60 anglers, ML, MLF styles. I didn't. They didn't add them up on Tarniac, so. You don't get a total, but Jordan Marshall pretty much killed everybody. Uh, <laughs> second, Tyler Morris, he did good too. 
uh, and David Williams got third. So congrats to him. Uh, Central Carolina kayak fishing. They were on Sharon Harris, 50 anglers. Stephen Bracey in first with eight, 97 and a quarter. It's a huge limit. Joey Sullivan in second with 94 and a quarter. And Chris Edwards with 93 and a half. So big limits on Sharon Harris. Uh, Mountain State Kayak Anglers, their Greenbrier tournament. I, I guess they're doing it at the resort. I, I don't know. I know the Saints had their summer camp, uh, spring training camp there one year. So that's all I know about Greenbrier. It's a fancy, super expensive place. Uh, 71 Anglers, Bill Simmons, 72 and a half. Jared Terry with 71 and Jordan Ross in third with 67. Michigan's, I don't know who ran this, but it's it was called the Michigan's No Motor Charity Tournament, benefiting Make-A-Wish, 33 anglers. Uh, Stephan, Stephan, Stephanie, I don't know if it's Stephan or Stephanie. One of y'all won it, uh, Snow, Stephanie Snow, 86 and a half. Noah Riley in second with 84 and David Lesser with 68 and a half. Natural State Kayak Anglers, they were on pump back. Uh, 50 Anglers, Ryan Paskowitz, well, there you go, 89 and a quarter. Josh King in second with 86 and a quarter. And Kyle Long with also 86 and a quarter. Uh, saltwater KFT, hook and ladder. Uh, talking about a saltwater tournament. It was a two redfish and a speckled trout, our very own paddling fin. Chasing, chasing the tide host, Dustin Nichols won that. His redfish were 27 and three quarter, 27 and three quarter, and a 16 inch trout for 71 and a half. Poco Sedillo was in second with 26 and 25 and three quarter, and a 19 and a half inch trout, 71 and a quarter. And Jason Trevino with 23 and three quarter, 22 and a half, and a 18.5 inch speck. So and he had 64 and three quarter. Congrats to him. And last but not least, Urban Urban Anglers of LA. They were on Santa Fe Dam, 32 anglers, three fish limit. Josh Bolin, one with 54 and a half. Arnold Velasquez with 48. And Tadio Ronquillo with 45 and a half. So congrats to everybody this week. There's a lot more tournaments, but I think uh, I don't know, just the numbers were a little bit suppressed. A lot, a lot of tournaments like at that 20, 22 mark. So yeah, a lot of people were close, but didn't hit our 30, 30 angler fresh threshold. Y'all, it, it, we do this because with the blowing up of kayak fishing and prime time of the year, we'd have to have a whole other episode to talk about the tournament last weekend. Cause I, I don't and think there was one more tournaments I would have talked about if we yeah. did. Between 20 and 30. I, I know. I think it was three weeks ago. There were literally like two and a half pages of tournaments from that one weekend, and we would have been here all yeah. night. It's yeah. a lot. Yep. All right, everybody. We appreciate y'all being on. Uh, you know, say a prayer for the uh, Eifert family. You know, it's really sad to go. Lisa caught a good fish on his last day, and I wasn't friends with him, but, uh, you know, scrolling through his Facebook, he was loved and and, uh, you know, I'm sure his family is really missing him. So if you can get in on that tournament, that'd be great. Or just say a prayer, you know. I'm, I'm, I'll see if I can find the link to that on uh, Fishing Chaos and post it up on the Paddle and Fin page. Cool. Well, we appreciate y'all. Be safe and wear your PFDs.
Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, Dan button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water shout out to rocktown adventures located in northern illinois for all your kayaking camping and hiking needs shout out to jig masters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jig 